my first thing was just how intimate it felt. And maybe that's yeah. why it was awkward. Mm. You know, the perspective was as if you were sitting at a table, they're blowing out candles. The smoke came at you. Yes. You felt like you were sitting with this family who you knew nothing about. And so I more just kind of took in and for the, just to let people know the resolution of the camera specifically for the 3d photos and spatial videos is a little lower, right? But the 3d immersion is so good. The, the multiple depths and layers that you can see, it's forgivable from that standpoint. But I just felt it was just really intimate. So it was kind of like creepy to a point, but then I was like, this is freaking cool. Welcome to Geared Up. I'm Andrew Edwards. And today John Rettinger is out of commission, out of town, not showing up for work. So what I had to do was find two of the absolute best people who cover not just Apple, but technology on the whole. Two of the very best in the game. Mr. Brian Tong is here. First time for Brian Tong. How you doing? You're hyping me up. We got a lot to live up to if you're going to say that, Drew Dog. So I'm just being honest. I, I never lie I'll to the listeners. I'll take it. I'll take it. And returning to the podcast, Mr. Dan Barbera, stepping in at the last minute. How are you doing? Good, man. How are you? I think I was just on like two episodes ago, literally. <laughs> you were. You were. But, but listen, John's not here. You're here. And it just so happens that the three of us saw each other literally a week ago at WWDC 2023. And the three of us were part of the select group to get our hands and eyes on the new Apple Vision Pro. So it just made sense to me that the three of us could come together and talk about it. And actually, I was on the Mac Rumors podcast, which is Dan's podcast, and you should subscribe if you haven't listened to that one. But when I was on your podcast, you hadn't yet seen the hardware. So we never had a conversation about your thoughts. It was really all mine. And then, of course, Brian here. Actually, Brian and I had the same time slot. So he and I were taking the golf cart through Apple Park, whizzing through Apple Park. I think our appointment was like at 7.30 p.m. or something like that. We got out by like nine o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> then we both were leaving and we were like, just like excited like children on like Christmas Eve. It was incredible. So I figured we'd kick off the show with probably what most people want to know about. And that is the Apple Vision Pro headset. So to set the stage, Apple announced its first what many people are calling uh, AR headset and what Apple is calling its first spatial computer, which probably makes a little more sense. And for lack of a better term, you put this thing on and instead of being transported into a different world, like you might with uh, like a Meta Quest or something like that, another VR headset, you put it on and you're actually in the same world that you were already in. You, nothing really changes until you turn it on and things are overlaid on top of your physical world, if that makes sense. And so let's kind of talk about the introduction. I want to get first each of you, your opinion before you even got to use it, just watching it be announced while we were alive there. There's something that we got that the people at home didn't get, which is we got to hear the cheers, the clapping, the excitement while people at home you know, I didn't think about this till later, just got like a presentation that was kind of lacking all that. Yeah. How was it for you when you saw this thing announced? Brian? I was super intrigued right out of the gates. When I was watching the presentation, I can see how it doesn't translate well at home because, you know, we do trust Apple to a certain degree to show us for the most part exactly what we're going to get. But at the same time, we never seen them release anything like this. So my brain was saying, how much of those were actually renders like super clean renders and how much of those were actually the experience. I thought the tech was off the charts. Everything they had said from a standpoint of the resolution and the image quality was off the charts, but I was excited. And also at the same time, I'm not one to get obsessed about the price after I at least saw what they were delivering from a spec and announcement perspective. I'm like, well, whether you want to put down the money or not, if you look at the landscape, this is actually worth that price if you want to put it down. I didn't experience yet. So I just went in with kind of an even kill, like this looks awesome, but I've got to see how good it looks. I've got to see how it feels. So I was cautiously optimistic from a standpoint of, I love the tech, but I just wasn't sure how much of what I saw is really what I was going to see at that moment. 
did you feel like a heightened level of excitement, like an, a new Apple Watch, or the new iPhone, like original iPhone rather? Did you feel that level of, oh my God, I'm witnessing something game changing? Not yet. I had to see it to believe it because we had seen so many VR, AR headsets, RM. I, I pretty much tried all of them except the Varjo, that high-end one on a PC. And I know what experiences those delivered. And I just couldn't say from what they showed me, how much higher of a level experience would it be? So I was still going in pretty like excited just because whenever Apple releases a new product, it's exciting from a standpoint, they're entering a new market. But I was pretty like, okay, well, let's see what it's like. When I sent out messages on my social media, I was like, we'll see what it's like. You know, and that, that's how I felt. How about you, Dan? So from a rumors perspective, I mean, we've been following this for well over a year. And so it was one of those products where like we had a lot of information, but there were no physical image leaks of it at all. Just, you know, a lot of specifications and then there were a bunch of artist renders. And so in my mind, I'm looking at the concept artist renders and thinking like this is going to be it. And honestly, the last few were pretty close, but I still had no idea what it was going to look like. So it was kind of refreshing to like actually have a launch of something that like even though we knew a lot of information, none of it was concrete. So we didn't know for sure what it was going to be. And like then, you know, hearing secondhand of what the experience was going to be like, seeing the actual renders, it was just cool to like see something come to life like that and just be a totally new product. One product area that I'm not like super into compared to some of the others. So it was nice to like get excited about something that you don't use on a regular basis. And then we'll talk about the actual use of it. But I did see a lot of people online to emphasize the point that you guys brought up about not hearing the cheers or the groan when the price happened. Right. There was an audible groan. <laughs> Huge. Yeah, because we've been talking price for like, you know, 20 or it was like around twenty nine ninety nine, And then we were thinking, is this going to be like an Apple Watch thing where we thought the price point was going to be super high and then it ended up being seven ninety nine. Well, it ended up being more than the leaked price. So people kind of groaned at that. But like, I think... A lot of people thought online, like a lot of the comments that I got in videos were like, there's not a lot of excitement around this. People didn't seem that excited. And I'm like, what are you talking? Like being there, a lot of people were cheering and like were super excited about it. But you're right. They don't hear that. So they don't know what the firsthand look was when we were there and got to see the excitement. Yeah, for me, it was like I th we all expected it, right? Like this was basically like if if Apple hadn't announced this headset at this event, it was to the point that it would be Apple that looked foolish and not everyone that was reporting that it would be happening, right? It was like, that's kind of how much it was expected because they also didn't come out and like, usually if there's something being reported, Apple will kind of try to put the kibosh on it a little bit. Yep. You know, Mark Gurman might be, oh, you know what? We've been hearing this, but it actually seems like this is going to happen. He yeah. was like doubling and tripling down <laughs> on this, you know, in the weeks leading up to it. So for me, I was like, this could be, before they announced it, this could be the biggest thing that they've done, but they really need to get people to understand what it is. And it's not even from the perspective of the Vision Pro in particular, but I've found that just VR in general, anything that involves like putting a headset on, there's nothing that I can say with my words that will make someone understand what this experience is until they actually try it. And there's nothing you can show them on a 2D screen either that will really get the point. You have to put it on to really get it. And it's one of the few things that, are, that I feel like are like that. So that was going to be their biggest test. When I saw the announcement, I felt excited to try it, but I didn't get the feeling of this is something I need to own and I would need to try it, kind of like what Brian was saying. So then we went and you know, after the keynote, we we saw a few other things. Some people got to go see the Vision Pro right away. But like I said, my demo was that evening. Brian's was that evening. And I've let Brian talk first. Like we were golf carting over there. They brought us to a, a building they built just for these demos. There were several little rooms on the side. So there's a, like a kind of a holding area in the center and then a bunch of rooms on the sides that I assume were all similar. My room looked like a mock living room. It looked like just someone put together a living room. There's a couch, a couple chairs, a table, 
wall, some plants, and the Vision Pro sitting right in front of you. For me, <laughs> what I remember most was they kind of talked me through the interface. Here's how you use it. And then they were like, and now go ahead and put it on. And when they said that, I felt super nervous. And the reason I felt nervous was the video that they showed was very impressive. The hype going from the past year to the past few months to the past few weeks to the past few days had grown to a fever pitch. I was worried that I was going to put it on and be underwhelmed. <laughs> that was my worry. Like they told me to put it on. Like I had to like gather myself for a moment and prepare myself that they wanted to make it look amazing in the video, but there's no way it could live up to what they showed. Then I put it on and I was quickly and happily shown to be incorrect. But Brian, walk, walk me through how it was for you when you went in there. I was instantly blown away just because the fidelity of what you'd see in that screen, we've never seen on any headset display before. Even if you aren't someone who's familiar or using that many headset displays, you probably thought, damn, this looks pretty clean. And then when you start moving your hand in front of your eyes, you realize that lag was pretty minimal. It felt one-to-one. -one. We know that Apple has talked about the processing power to make it a 12 millisecond delay, which is far less than any other VR, at least consumer, let's say consumer VR headset that is out there right now. I think they're around like the high 70s or 80s. And so... I instantly was like, I was, you know, I did the whole little look at your fingers and kind of twiddle them around. And I'm like, oh, they're twiddling real time. Even though it did, to let people know, it did look like, you know, because you're looking through lenses, there's a subtle kind of like frost to it. Just a little bit of frosted, not a lot, but just a barely little haze. But it's still more than forgivable because it looks so good. And so right when I was... Like you, Andrew, I, now that I remember, they told me to put it on a specific way, like, oh, put on the headset with one hand yeah. and then pull the <laughs> strap behind. I'm like, I need to put this thing on with two hands first and then the strap. But <laughs> So it was kind of like actually awkward. to You had to grab it from the front, kind of like with your middle finger and your thumb, like the front of the glasses, right, in the middle, put that on, put the band on first and then kind of pull it down, which is completely the most... I'm sure they wanted people to be careful of how to put it on, but it, that actually was a natural the first moment I put it on because they asked me specifically to put it on a specific way. But once I got it on, and really it's the second nature of they told us, you know, with set up the eye motion tracking, which is also very, 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 very similar to exactly what the PSVR 2 does. And what I've talked about is the, the difference with the PSVR 2 is it is just as responsive as Apple's headset. But the PSVR 2 only uses the eye tracking in like the menus of a certain game. It doesn't use it throughout the OS. It doesn't use it in every game. You're still holding controller. So you don't actually get experience the eye tracking that much other than the setup and then the demo when you look at these dots once it's calibrated and it's like, oh, this is right on the money. With Apple, you use it for everything. So everything you looked at, you're like, this is getting the finite, like you're testing it, looking at small buttons, bars, squares. And then the whole little snap gesture with your finger where you pinch your index and your thumb. And the fact that right away, they're like, yeah, you can do it from any distance. So I pinched low with the right. I pinched middle with the left. I pinched high with the right. I, I pinched in any location just to be like, what is the tolerance of this? There was a couple times where I maybe missed the pinch or didn't time it right. About 98% of it, it worked. Even maybe 99. I was even a little surprised one time when the pinch didn't work because I was getting so used to it. So the second nature of being able to pick it up and use it and knowing that I know my mom is not going to be jumping in VR or AR anytime soon. She could have legitimately used this. And me as a, as a tech person, it felt so second nature. I was already like, here we go. Just from the first five minutes. I found myself, even though they were like, hey, you don't need to pick your hand up. You can just tap, you know, the first couple minutes, I kept like trying to reach out and like... <laughs> pinch at the apps and the home screen until I realized, but it didn't take long to get used to the interface for me. Dan, what about you? You went in there, they give you the spiel, then they tell you to put it on. How was it for you? Yeah, so I didn't get to go until the next day. Right. So I had already kind so you had of heard what people were saying. Yes. So I was worried about that. Because I was like, man, this is too hyped already. Am I not going to like, <laughs> am, I, am I not going to feel the same way? And no, no, I felt exactly the same way. It didn't matter how many spoilers you guys gave me. It was just incredible. I was, I was still going in there with high expectations and it still exceeded them, which was very surprising. I will say I did have a bit of a fit issue. So 
I could tell that when you get it in the right spot, it's amazing. The fidelity, like like you said, Brian, there was a little bit of a small, and I don't think that's going to go away, but it was still infinitely better than any headset I've ever tried. And by the way, people have called me out in some cases. They're like, well, if you don't use VR or AR headsets a lot, how do you know what you're talking about? Well, first off, I'm in tech. It's not like I don't know about this. And the only ones I feel comfortable talking about are the ones I've owned, which has been a MetaQuest, but I've still tried almost all of them. Whether it be for the same amount that I've tried Apple's headset or not, it doesn't matter because I can compare 30 minutes and say that in the 30 minutes that I've tried any other headset, this has already set expectations way above and beyond any other thing that I'm going to try out. So putting it on and getting it, you know, it's the same experience for all of you guys. Like, it's amazing how accurate the eye tracking was. I was like you and I was doing this the whole time and like you know, putting my hands up and trying to get it perfectly centered. And they're like, you can chill out. And I'm like, I don't know how to chill out right now. Like I'm so, my mind is blown. I feel like I need to be like precise, but you just don't. And everything worked perfectly fine. And going back to the fit issue real quick, it's not Apple's fault because, well, at least not right now. I'm going to give them the benefit of the doubt because they said that they don't have all of the correct pieces. And so the whole ordering process is going to be more custom tailored to your fit and the dimensions that you're going to be doing once you do that face test. When they did the face test for me or the fit test, they kind of have a select amount of straps and things for you in the inserts. So I don't think that the fit was proper because of the limitations that they had. So I'm expecting it to be even better when I get our unit in the future, whenever that might be. So, uh, yeah, I mean, well, I could tell that once I like it wanted to like slouch down a little bit. But once I got it up and like had it in the right spot, you could just tell that it's just so much better. And yeah, I mean, I'm still just thinking about last week with utter amazement. When I talk about it with people, I get buzzy again. I literally yeah. get giddy again. Yeah. It, the, the buzz has not worn off when I'm not doing anything and I don't think about it. But once I start talking about it with people that have tried it, it's like, this was one of the most, you know, I've covered tech for whatever, now I'm guessing around or close to 20 years. This is the most memorable experience I've had using technology. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to buy it and it's going to take off, but that statement stands today. It stood right after I took that off. I'm like, I've never experienced anything like this. Yeah. I said the same thing. I said, I've been doing this full time for almost what, 18 years now. And it was the best experience I've ever had with a consumer electronics product. Best meaning, most impressive, and like the feeling that I got using it, it almost felt like once you put it on and you're in an interface, the tech part disappears. It's like you're just living a new type of life. Like there's just, this is just <laughs> a new interface for going around and living. You're not pressing buttons. You're not tapping on a screen. You're just like looking in the air and interacting with things that are in your field of view. So the best way to describe it, and it still doesn't do it justice, like you just have to <laughs> experience it. But the best way to describe it is go look at the renders and things that Apple used in its promos. And what you see there is exactly what you're going to get. It's not fabricated. In fact, we found out that from the talk show podcast when they said that they recorded the demos that they use for the promo to be like that's from the headset itself that's what you were seeing in the headset and like a lot of vr things that you see like a lot of the promotional items it's just things that they made and then oh you know, it might right. look like this but it, it, it really doesn't so that's the best way let's talk about some of these demos so the first thing they had us do after getting acquainted with the home screen was open up the photos app right so you open up the photos app then they had us choose a photo to look at or to like bring to the forefront. And what was interesting to me and also interesting during the setup was not just what we were seeing and supposed to focus on, which was the photo, but during the home screen demo where you were doing the eye tracking, the lighting in the room changed. The lighting in the room went from whatever the normal color was to like yellowish and then it kind of dimmed. So it was almost like there was a smart bulb or smart lights in the room that someone else was controlling, but this is all happening in the headset. And then when you go into the photos app and you choose one, the photo comes to the forefront and then the lighting in the room you're in is dimmed. And so it really puts the spotlight on the pictures that you're looking at. Now for me, that was cool. Like I was actually more impressed by the background and what was happening in the room than the actual just looking at a photo floating in the air. But 
when they had us pull up the panorama photo, all of a sudden I was like, whoa. Like, I don't know that I've ever, you know, panoramic photos have been around since what, iPhone, iPhone 4, I think. I don't know that I've ever really gotten to see the details in any panorama photo I've taken. Like I've taken, like you go to a concert or something, you take one, you go to on a, like a, go to a beach. But even if you have a Pro Max display today, like it's such a thin strip of content that it's really hard. Even if you're pinching and zooming in, now you're like leaving all the sides off. And even if you look at it on your Mac in a Photos app, you're just not seeing, I've never seen any of my photos the way that that photo looked when we expanded that picture. Like you can like get up and like peek over and into the picture to see more. Like that was, that was crazy. I don't know how you guys felt about the photos app, but that was the first thing that made me like go like, whoa, this is an experience I've never had before. Yeah. I mean, the photos, when we were first like going through some of the ones, I had the same experience where it's like, okay, this is cool. This is cool. Panorama photos. I have never taken a panorama photo, like besides testing that feature back what? in the day. <laughs> what like, what are you going to look at it for? You're right. There's not Looking at back on yeah. your phone is pointless. It doesn't do anything for me. This is where I would want to take panorama photos and actually want to look back at them and be like amazed because you're right i think i use the word immersion or immersiveness like a thousand times in my description when going through the video and that's just the best way to describe you are immersed into anything that you are watching whether it be your own photos or videos or whether it be like content that is already created you know videos 3d and we haven't even talked about the videos that come Mm -hmm. from the headset that's where the true magic comes in I don't know if you want to transition yeah. into that or not. Let Brian talk no, about for the photos, sure. but I mean. I think you guys said everything that I had. I think the biggest thing out of the photos is when we looked at the gallery, I even told them this later, when you, you know, it's using your eye tracking to look at a photo before you select and manipulate it. But the actual color change between looking at a photo was so light. It was just so subtle that it was actually kind of, a. it wasn't as obvious. Like the photo itself didn't like float out a little. It just kind of did a little lighter tint, but it was so subtle. I'm like, I, I said they need to just kind of amp up the difference a little bit more. But otherwise, it was a nice intro. It was more like for me using the UI, expanding a photo, playing around with it. Yep. So then we did get to try spatial. And so it should be said, by the way, that on the hardware itself, there's only two buttons. So you have the digital crown, which you press to bring up the home screen and to recenter things. Then the only other button on this device is meant to take photos and videos. So that's how important that feature is to this product. Now, that's not to say that, like we've seen the Apple Watch, the side button has changed its function, I don't know, three or four times between watchOS 1 and watchOS 10. So maybe this will change in the future, but it at least shows what Apple's thinking. And they're thinking, this feature is so important, we're going to have a dedicated, one of the two buttons on this device will be dedicated to this. And so it's spatial photos and spatial videos. And for me, this is where things kind of felt, I don't know, I had, it was like mixed for me. It felt really cool. Like looking at these things looked really cool. It looked like these were like wax statues or whatever. Like you go to a wax museum, like these are right here, 3D in front of you. You can almost reach out and touch them. And during the video, it was even more impressive because it was like, they're right here. Like I've never seen 3D like this where it's like, it's right here in, in, in my face. It's right here, but I can hear them. I can see them, but they can't see me and they can't hear me. <laughs> and I almost felt like I was a ghost. Like, you know what I mean? Like I felt like I'm Patrick Swayze or something in that movie. It was, I think it was called Ghost. It was called yeah, yeah, movie yeah, where it's it like, <laughs> I can see you. I can hear you. You can't hear me, but I'm right here. Like we're all together. Maybe it was because I didn't know any of these people. (laughs) And like, if it was like a video of like my family or something like that, maybe it'd be different. But it was the first time where I felt like, I don't know if it's, you know, I imagine if you are born today and you just grow up in a world where this is a thing, when you turn 12, 15 years old, this is just a thing. It's not going to be weird for you. But as someone who lived pre- and then post this device, it felt kind of unsettling in a way. What did you guys think? My first thing was just how intimate it felt. 
And maybe that's yeah. why it was awkward. Mm. You know, the perspective was as if you were sitting at a table, they're blowing out candles. The smoke came at you. Yes. You felt like you were sitting with this family who you knew nothing about. And so I more just kind of took in and for the, just to let people know the resolution of the camera specifically for the 3d photos and spatial videos is a little lower, right? But the 3d immersion is so good. The, the multiple depths and layers that you can see, it's forgivable from that standpoint. But I just felt it was just really intimate. So it was kind of like creepy to a point, but then I was like, this is freaking cool. Like I don't like the idea and yeah, behaviors will change of putting on a headset just to capture a moment. My hope is that eventually because Apple's product teams have been working together, they roll out a certain level of phone that has the stereoscopic cameras on it so that we can take 3D videos and 3D photos with our phone and use the headset to view them. And also with the headset itself, you notice the spatial photos and videos, they were a square format. I even asked them about that. They're like, yeah, it's not a 16 by nine. It's not, you know, a wider format. It's a very deliberate square based on the optics and what that is built in on the headset right now. So that's the only thing that takes you out of it. But the actual moment and the clip that you saw, you felt like you were hanging out with these people in both instances, there's a fireplace and the birthday cake. So it was just really intimate. (laughs) That's, that's what I got from it. Yeah. Yeah. I got freaked out. I uh, <laughs> I like I like backed away when the smoke came at me. I had the phantom feeling of smoke on me. I was like, <laughs> yeah, I didn't get that with the butterfly, but I got it with the smoke, and I, I felt like it, it was just coming at me in my face. It was just it was bad, <laughs> but but bad in like a in like a good way. Like I was so like bad in like a Michael Jackson way. Yeah, like never like, experienced this kind of crazy. Yeah, way. like yeah, bad in a great way. I don't even know how that makes sense, but it does. It's just. <laughs> It's one of those feelings where you just like, you can't shake it. Okay. Then we went to multitasking, which was interesting. I mean, it wasn't the most impressive thing for me. We had the photos app, we had Safari and we had messages, I believe. And I basically, I took the photos app and I put it like on the ceiling and made it a little bit bigger. I I made messages larger. I put Safari over to the side. And for me, what was interesting was And Brian, I'm actually interested to hear your thoughts on this because you seem to have the most VR experience out of all of us. For me, what was interesting here was no matter where I turned, how fast I turned, how I, you know, tried to angle my head or anything, if I put a window somewhere, it stayed there. It did not move. It didn't slightly jiggle or anything like when I use like a meta quest or something like that. If I put something there, it was anchored there as if it was a physical product. Like if you have a TV, you have a, your L, like a OLED TV or something, you put it somewhere on a TV stand, you don't turn around and then turn back around and your TV is like off by a couple inches. That doesn't happen. That is the feeling I got here, which impressed me a lot because that's never been something I've been used to with other VR devices. So I thought the multitasking was actually maybe the sleeper feature of it because we know that Apple's really promoting this. Whenever I use the word augmented reality around them, they kept on correcting me and saying spatial computing and we both would laugh, you know, (laughs) because, you know, when Apple, Apple comes up with their own language, they never use the word metaverse. We never heard the word augmented reality. We never heard the word virtual reality. We heard spatial computing, right? And Apple Vision Pro, those are the only words that they're used to describe it. So you know, being in an environment, you can even go look at videos online. There's an app that's been on VR headsets for a while called, I believe, Horizon Worlds. And the only reason I know a lot about it is because during as VR has come up, a lot of companies have said, hey, check this out. Or I've even joined a Horizons World live session to show how productivity can be like. And in 10 seconds, Apple blew away anything that I'd ever seen from a work standpoint the responsiveness, the fidelity of the text, completely understated, right? We're used to looking at headsets and seeing grainy text, pixelated text. This is highly rendered text that looks smooth as butter. The movement of the windows is smooth as butter. We didn't get, again, Apple only showed us so much, but every time they showed me a new experience, my brain kept on saying like, wait, this has an M2 in it. What is possible, right? What could we actually do? I'm not saying I need to edit video in VR, I mean, in the Apple Vision Pro, but it has that fidelity that I could, right? I asked them, how many panels or windows does it support? They wouldn't say a number, but they basically alluded to, oh, it's unlimited. Okay, well, there's going to be a limit somewhere, but more than anyone would humanly possibly set up. You look at this bar that you'll see sometimes in some of the demos and you stare at it and that's the bar that allows you to then pinch and hold 
and then push it forward, backwards, move it side to side, place it in the room. I was like moving it really fast to see like, oh, would it break down? <laughs> it was great, right? So we'll talk about the comfort and the fit a little bit more for each of us later. And, and Dan alluded to it. Would I like to try this? Maybe a little more, yes, but it's all about the comfort for me to be able to use this more than 20 to 30 minutes. And that's my biggest concern, but the multitasking, but really the workstation, that wasn't the sexiest, but I think it was the sleeper because if anything, other than entertainment, if you're going to pay the price of a computer, you hopefully will be using this like a computer to a certain degree. So I think there's big potential there. Right. That was the section that showed us that this is a computer. This is an- And they didn't really show that much to us, right? They just had us pin three apps, right. look at it, just see how it creates a spatial, but we did not work with apps, right? I was looking at messages, I was doing all the scrolling, tapping on things just to see like, oh, it is working, but we didn't get much time to actually try to treat, like, treat this like your computer. Go just have fun in the sandbox. We didn't get to do that. On the spatial computing front, I do think it's interesting. Someone left a comment on my video because I was referring to it as AR. And they said, this is not AR, this is really VR because you're not looking at the real world. You're looking at a video feed of the real world. So when you put the headset on, you're looking at screens. (laughs) Well, AR would be, you know, the the dream is you put on a pair of glasses that are clear. You're not looking at it, you're just looking at the real world, right? So Apple is overlaying things on a video feed, which is what allows some of these things to do. And that made me also realize there's going to be things that the Vision Pro can do that AR cannot do. If you have AR, legit AR glasses on that people see as the future, and you're sitting on an airplane and you want to pull up a video screen, you can't put a video screen 10 feet away from you because you're going to have seats in front of you, right? It's impossible. Whereas with the Vision Pro, using a video feed of the real world and then overlaying and manipulating that feed, which is what we're experiencing when you put this on, that actually, for me, seems more compelling now than just something that can like pop up things in the real world as you're kind of walking around. Okay, let's go quickly to environments. Environments. This is where we went to Mount Hood. Did we all go to Mount Hood? Yeah. Yes, sir. Okay, we all went to Mount Hood. Dan, was your Mount Hood in the daytime? This was like the one area that I least remember. Mm. Just because like it it was cool, <laughs> but like, I don't know. I don't know that it was as mind-blowing as some of the other demos. But yeah, I believe it was daytime for me. It was like a 4 p.m., 5 p.m. type yeah, feeling. Yeah. Like the sun was kind of like coming down a little bit. Yeah, almost. Well, I was asking because I'm wondering if the lighting in that environment <laughs> ha- like kind of matched up with the time of day mm. that you're experiencing. Because mine was like nighttime. Oh. And we were in there at nighttime. So it was like the sun had already set. It was dark in my Mount Hood. No, mine seemed kind of daytime. Okay, may- maybe there's something to that, to my theory then. But this was the, I think this was the only one. Yeah, this was the only one that where we got to experience the more traditional VR, where you can like turn the digital crown and like completely immerse yourself in an environment, which is why I brought this one up. So it wasn't that impressive to you, apparently, because you you don't even remember it that much. I mean, it was still impressive, but it was like, we didn't, you didn't do a whole lot in this. You were just kind of, we didn't do anything. No, you're just kind of looking around, which is like something that I have experienced before with other VR headsets, but it's just better quality. It's the best I could describe it. Yeah. I guess it was more of a traditional thing. And also it was the feature that I said to myself, okay, it's there, but I probably won't be revisiting this anytime soon. Right. Mm. That's where my mind was like, it's cool. It's a cool showcase. Maybe when a friend comes over, hey, let me show you this environment, but I'd never be going back really. Now, where this would be cool would be if you could get a whole bunch, and I'm guessing this might be the case in the future, but like I'm going to Paris for, you know, vacation. I want to see what it's like firsthand and like get, you know, get familiar with my surroundings. That's where it really becomes like, useful to where you could use it more but yeah i mean i don't know that i'm going to be deliberately wanting to go and see all these environments for fun i think i'd rather do some of the other things instead fair enough (laughs) fair enough this is where we experience the breakthrough feature as well though where someone in the room kind of comes to you and you look towards them the cameras recognize this is a human being and kind of beams them in Star Trek style into <laughs> your view. And they're kind of surrounded by a haze. Like, the, now, now they're a ghost. Now they're a ghost. And you can talk to you can see them, you can talk to them. And then when you look away, they kind of fade away like they've disappeared, which <laughs> I don't know. For me, 
I actually like this. This might seem sound corny to some people, but this is like this was a very Apple-y way to do this, to allow you to talk to someone and allow someone to talk to you. What did you guys think of the breakthrough? I thought it was subtle and cool. And also, they deliberately don't brighten the person up like super bright. They kind of yeah. keep them muted. Like you said, more ghosty than anything. And you just kind of little see like slowly and gradually, it just, they fade them in. It, it's it's like a cross dissolve, but just really a long cross dissolve around the edges of a person. So I thought it was neat. You know, I was like, cool, next. Yeah. <laughs> like, I get it. I think it's cool, but I'm like, show me more. I was so like, I was like, I want to see more. Yeah. I'm very interested to see how that's going to be when you don't know someone's there. <laughs> mm. Like, that's only experience that we're going to get in the confines of our own home, right? Like, when my wife comes in or my kids come <laughs> into the frame, like, how freaked out am I going to be if I wasn't expecting someone? You know, but I mean, it shouldn't be that big of a deal, though, because like you said, it is more so, you know, AR, quote unquote, than VR. So like, but if I am in a movie or something or in one of those environments where I am fully immersed and I don't know anyone's there and their face is popping in, how much is that going to freak you out? But isn't that less startling than if you're in like a, a the current like Quest 2 when someone just taps you on the shoulder when you're trying to watch something? Absolutely. <laughs> for sure, for sure. But it's still going to have some some sort of like, oh, like oh, I didn't know you were you were here, you know? But like when when you're doing the demo, you know there's a person to your left and your right. Yes, yes, for sure. We did mindfulness, which was That was cool. Dude, I thought that was actually really that freaking was cool. cool. Yeah. Was I it? loved, uh, dude. I loved it because the way those leaves yes. were, or whatever they were, just flying towards you. The lights dimmed. The everything came at you. It it actually put me in a. Con- I told them like, oh, if I'm like, don't play this any longer. It's actually relaxing me. Like I felt it. Honestly, I was like, this is. I would totally use this if I was alone. I probably would have been even more relaxed. Like knowing that they were there, there I couldn't feel like I could let myself yes. go. But I could totally understand how that could be a pretty popular. Did you guys see the? Good Morning America thing with Robin Roberts, right? I didn't watch no, it yet. No. She's, by the way, the only person that we have seen wear the headset that's not in the promo A videos. footage person. Yeah. No. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, she is right. the only person. Which, by the way, Andrew, I do, if you have time, I do want to talk about this whole theory that people have on Twitter about Tim Cook's not wearing the headset. Why is he? <laughs> yeah, 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 for sure. But no, she loved that. Like, I think she's super into, like, meditation and things. Not something that I do on a regular basis, but, like... For someone who does it apparently a lot, she said that was the best thing that she could experience on the headset. And you experience some crazy things, but she like loved that feature. And I could see it. I'm not a big meditation person, but I think I could do it on a regular basis with that. It was cool. It was really cool. I liked it. It was just strange for me having, like Dan said, having two people like right there while I'm trying to meditate. Was that makes like, sense. Yeah. That makes sense. Mm, a little weird. FaceTime. <laughs> for me a little dystopian the eyes and the mouth looked okay but just the face not moving normally kind of threw me off a little bit i think i mean they have time they have like i don't know eight nine months to dial that in i hope they do i hope it's not the finished product for facetime but God, you know what here's the thing when i experienced it i was first like that's not a real person but it is kind of like a real person but it's not a real person so i was kind of obsessed about that whole idea that it was freaking me out. And what I did is as they were doing the presentation, I just decided to let my mind go and just be like, all right, let's not freak out about this person as much. And oddly enough, it actually became more normal looking to me because I wasn't like so fixated. The skin tones obviously look more digital, but the detail around the eyes and the cheeks and all that stuff, I was like, what? I think it freaked me out because it looked better than I thought it would. It didn't look too bad. I mean, I would, the hands, I don't know if you saw this, but you know how we do that? We forgot to talk about, we do a hand scan where we hold our palms out. The digital persona, that person that conferenced into us, when they put their hands up, their hands showed up like hand gestures too. Not many people I talked to had that happen, but I was like, whoa, like you normally are used to seeing like, a VR head and shoulders and nothing else. All of a sudden, her hands came up. I I was like, whoa, your hands. And they said, I did not see that. I didn't get hands either. It said, oh, it can scan your hands on the other side. So that helped make it a little more real. But I think these digital personas, yes, they aren't us 100%. And it feels like I'm not going to strap on a headset to talk to someone in a digital persona. But if I'm in a work collaboration type setting, or maybe I happen to be wearing it, I mean, I felt like it was like 90, 92% passable as a human that I wouldn't freak out too much. I just let it go. I Yeah, after like the first 10 seconds, I honestly didn't think right? about it. It didn't bother me at all. I 
probably the least. The only thing that bothered me, and I think I've said this a couple of times, was like I thought it was a recording. So I didn't know that I was actually <laughs> talking to somebody because they just the way they timed up the presentation of it, it was perfect. <laughs> and she called and she's like, hi, I'm blah, blah, blah. This is my 3D persona. And I'm like, OK, cool. Yeah, I, I didn't say anything to her. And she's like, are you there? And I'm like, oh, wait, is this a real person? <laughs> and they're like, yeah, you can talk to her. And I just it freaked me out for a minute. And then like after that. Like I was more enthralled by like we were going through Freeform and no offense to Dude. no offense to Freeform, but I, I never use it. And I'm like, man, this actually is useful now when they have the three D <laughs> render and like you're talking through yeah. it and stuff. It was cool. Pulling it was Yeah, you can like pull cool. things out. It's wild. That was cool. Next was entertainment. I'll just quickly say it was the best three D I've ever seen. Yeah. I go to three D movie stuff like when they're out and available. This is the best three D I've ever seen. But it was just watching 2D content on a TV screen and then a, a movie theater. Then came the dinosaur demo. Wait, wait, you did, you got to see Avatar, right? The Avatar yeah, demo. Avatar was 3D. Yeah, yeah, I saw Avatar. Yes. Okay, it's, okay, okay. Avatar 3D. But I'm saying it was the best 3D I've ever seen. It, it was it was very impressive. 4K HDR display. To me, that was really cool because you can <laughs> that basically can replace for one person. It basically can replace like my 83 inch LG OLED 4K OLED like that impressed me but since we're limited on time let's go to the dinosaur let's go to the dinosaur butterfly flies out first a portal is opening into a prehistoric world across the room from us and then a t-rex just walk i assume it was a t-rex was it a raptor i don't know no they called it it's like a rhombosaur is some different one i thought it was an ah. allosaurus but it's a different one yeah, yeah. <laughs> it starts with an r this guy this guy okay i, I, I care the about my <laughs> dinosaurs dude the rhombosaurus walks into the room and this is where the fidelity really impressed me. Like reading text is cool, but when you walk up to a character like that and it doesn't, the screen door effect is not there and the pixels aren't there and the polygons aren't there. It just looks like a thing is in the room. And then it starts looking at you and like interacting with you. That to me was like, <laughs> man, because you can do similar demos on other VR headsets, but when you get close to something like that, it's like the fidelity just takes you out of the experience for me. It like it reminds me that this is not real and that was not happening here. And remember, we got to walk up to it. It wasn't like we were sitting yes. down on this. This is the one where they let us walk around the room. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. Dan, I want your thoughts on that because I kind of want to talk about another thing from the entertainment standpoint, but your dino experience. Yeah. So Andrew already told me about the dino experience and the butterfly, which is why I think I didn't get the whole feeling. So the way it first starts is like the hole opens up and a butterfly flies out. They tell you to put your finger out and the butterfly, yeah, the butterfly literally lands on your finger. And then it, it does a pretty good job of sticking with your finger. You can move your hands around. But like a lot of people got that phantom feeling of the butterfly landing. It did not work for me. But it doesn't mean that it was any less cool. And then the dinosaur came and that was just insane. Like it's coming up to me. It's sniffing me. It's doing all these things. It's like I legitimately thought for a second there was a dinosaur. I tried to pet it. It didn't work out. But it's just wild. It was a good one to end on because it makes you think like, okay, yeah, this is a practical thing, but also you can do so much more than your mind could possibly imagine. So it's cool. Like, that's just the best way I can describe it. It was really cool. Yeah, I mean, that was a cool demo. It's one of those things also, though, where we've seen a lot of VR demos where you experience once. It's not like you're going to go back and visit that, but it definitely showed us, you know, the potential of how the fidelity of how good right? It looked and field. I do want to touch back really quick on the entertainment because I know you talked about 3D video. Apple showed us Apple immersive video. Okay. Oh, so yes. this is their, their, yes. pla this clearly is oh, their yeah. video platform, proprietary platform for this. Now there's been a lot of reporting on it, Dan's team and others about Apple acquiring next VR about three or four years ago. And people don't know about next VR. It was a platform that was way ahead of its time, but it was doing 360 3d VR experiences, whether it's concerts, sporting events they had partnerships with the nba i checked out nba vr games but the biggest issue was the fidelity wasn't there they were using 1080p cameras even in the early days 720p also there was no such thing as spatial audio when they were in the game they showed us a montage of maybe around 10 different experiences ranging from nature to concerts to sporting events it was clearly next vr's technology or the fruits of that acquisition i asked apple about it and i said hey is this the next VR tech now rolled in here? And the guy did this long eye close because I kind of know him. And he opened his eyes and he said, these are using Apple's proprietary cameras. And ah. I said, we both started laughing. But when you look <laughs> at this, 
people have already told me they're using Apple's cameras currently on the Taylor Swift era's concert tour to capture it. They're also, the fact that people that aren't familiar with it, when NextVR was doing their sports games, you could change camera angles. There were like five or six camera angles that you could change real time during the game. So Apple has the MLS right now. You got to imagine they're going to at least play around with the MLS license and use that as kind of the testing ground. But all these immersive experiences, concerts, sporting events, we're way down the line before we start really, really seeing this stuff. But that's one of those sweet things that is going to deliver an experience that no one else can have. Apple has the partnerships. Apple has the content. That's really exciting for me from a standpoint of what makes this compelling for me as a user to do things like that. So. It was just a little part of the demo, but damn, that might have been one of the most significant parts too. That's what I wanted more of because you're right. It was such a little part that I forget about it. But like that was one of the coolest things. There is no way that you'll get a seat like that first off at any sporting event ever. And if you do, it's going to cost you more than $3,500. So (laughs) exactly, if you want to justify your money, and that's how good it was where I was like, yeah, I can watch a whole game like this. This would be sweet. Like you're sitting above the net of a soccer game. And then you can change the angle. And it's like this cool. It's insane. And it's in 3D too. And it's clear. And it's good. And it doesn't make me feel sick or weird or like disoriented. So, or at least for the very limited time. I don't know how it's going to be when I get it for longer periods. And you even think about their Disney partnership, which is huge. Oh, yeah. If they start doing narrative with environments and right, right, with the man. I just imagine going to experience the Mandalorian with a narrative storytelling that you walk through and feel these things. It's just one of those stupid things to say, like, there's next level game changing type experiences that are come from this hardware and software that we don't even know about, that we can't even imagine that developers are going to go run to town with, right? We're going to see some stuff that we've just never seen before purely. we've You kind of know what to expect from a PSVR 2 and a Meta and any other VR headset now. We really do, right? This is something different. Thanks for bringing that up. I forgot about the immersive video portion, but that, that was incredible. Let's close out on price. So obviously, we found out the price during the keynote. There was the groans, $34.99. After using it, after you played with it and used it, for me, it was, okay, I get it. I understand the price. Is it expensive? Yes. Is it prohibitively expensive for most people? Yes. Are they charging too much for what they're providing? I think the answer is no. I feel like based on what they've built the hardware, the software, the R&D that went into it, everything like that, it's not overpriced. It's expensive, but not an overpriced product. What do you guys think? I think if you look at some of the parts individually, isn't like some of the rumors that were out there that this was like at cost? Like, I don't think, yes. I don't think Apple is making those OLED displays. Yeah. So, I mean, you're not not getting your money's worth from the hardware and from the experience so far, from our point of view, from the 30 to 40 minutes we had, you're getting an insane amount for your money. And that's hard to believe because, yes, it's $3,500. That is a lot of money. But being able to potentially replace your MacBook, your iPhone, your Apple Watch, maybe, I don't know, because you could do fitness stuff hopefully down the line with this. It's just going to be up to Apple to find that killer feature that we've all gone through. There's a bunch. Someone Pick one. Really emphasize that a lot. And make it so that people cannot live without it or will pick one up, use it and be like, okay, cool. This is something I want to use on a regular basis. Not like with me and a MetaQuest where I picked it up twice. I have returned it twice because I've used it for a couple of days. And and then I realized like I don't have that itching, burning feeling of like I need to go and use this. So that's going to be the hard part. And I think they can do it. I just don't know how yet. And that's not even a criticism. I'm just, I just don't know how they're going to make people want to use it on a regular basis. That's going to be up to the developers too. Yeah, I, I have no issue with the price. I think I also look at this in two ways. If I wasn't covering tech for a living, even though I love gadgets, would I throw down $3,499 for it with tax, which is really $4,000, okay? And I think I'm right on the fringe. And the reason why I would be right on the fringe is because it needs to be comfortable for me to watch a movie for two hours. Mm-hmm. There's still a ways to go and it weighs over a pound. But to me, the way that the weight is distributed is that a lot of headsets, although bulkier, they have a battery pack of some level in the back, which is a counterweight to the front, which actually lightens the load on the front. And what I found is after 10, 15 minutes of using it, I felt the stress of the front. They told me to, hey, use that over the head strap, which they never showed on the show floor to kind of 
take a little weight off of it. It helped a tiny bit, but I sat there thinking, am I really going to be able to use this for even more than an hour? And probably, at least in its current pre-production form, probably not. So for me to really be like, yeah, everything about it, I love. But (laughs) the part about it fitting and feeling comfortable that is something that I would have to consider if I didn't care about tech and I didn't cover tech, but I love tech before I was going to throw $4,000 on it. That's where I stand with it. I think it's worth it. But even if you have to put the money together and you're eating ramen, I always say, I'm going to eat ramen for the next three or four months. And it it would have to be more than that for this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) That's going to be a tough decision. But when Apple shows these demos in stores and people have to sign up and it's already a a coveted appointment just to try it on that creates more buzz around this. And we know every single person, even the biggest skeptics in tech that are just so jaded, were blown away by this thing. We're literally blown away by this thing. So imagine the general consumer, <laughs> like imagine what they're going to say to their friends. And we'll, you know, obviously down the road, price and comfort will get better and wait. But as of now, I'll be really curious. I wouldn't be surprised though if it sold out with however many limited units they make. Yep, yep. Hey, guys, thank you for joining me this week. Dan Barbera, Brian Tong. Let people know where they can find you guys. Not only are they amazing YouTube creators, but both you guys have incredible podcasts as well. For everyone that wants to find me, seek me out, Brian Tong, B-R-I-A-N-T-O-N-G, find me on YouTube. And then I have a podcast as well, Apple Bits with a Z. Look it up, I'm there. And I cover all kinds of tech, Apple I can say the words Samsung, Google, LG, (laughs) Sony, all the good stuff, all of them. But I do cover a lot of Apple because that's what I've done in the past. So you can find me all there. Yeah. Mac Rumors. So the Mac Rumors YouTube channel is all me and all Apple for the most part. We do dabble in some other things, but it's an Apple-centric channel. I do have my own channel. It's neglected a little bit, but it definitely (laughs) dives into the world of Android because, you know, I don't have to do Apple there. But also the Mac Rumors Show podcast where we record weekly and put out episodes weekly. So come check me out there and at Dan Barbera on all platforms. And that is it for this edition of Geared Up. Thank you so much for listening. Of course, you can catch John and I on YouTube. I'm at youtube.com slash gear live. And John is at youtube.com slash John for Lakers. Feel free to head over and subscribe to our channels to stay up to date on all the latest tech. Speaking of subscribing, you can subscribe to Geared Up in your favorite podcast app. If you haven't done so already, just search Geared Up. That's two words, not one in Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Pocket Casts, Overcast, or really wherever you choose to listen. If you like what we do, please consider leaving us a rating and review. It really helps other people find the show. Geared Up is a Gear Live podcast, and you can see more from us at GearLive.com. Thank you so much for listening. For John Rettinger, I'm Andrew Edwards, and we'll catch you in the next episode.